Ask Wildman. The weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Right, everyone. Again, my name is Miles Bassett. This is Ask Wildman, an open Q&A produced by Wildman Web Solutions here in Lawrence, Kansas. We're a full service digital agency specializing in working with small and medium sized businesses, helping them to leverage technology to grow and achieve their goals. So we do websites, digital marketing, Facebook ads, graphic design, SEO, mobile apps, custom software the works. But we started this show about a year ago to answer any and all questions um, regarding technology, marketing, branding, business, or any other questions you want to throw out there. Me and my team will answer them to the best of our abilities. So if you have any questions, please throw those questions in the comments below. Or if you're not catching this live, you can still send us your questions. Email us at askwildman Ask Wildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that address uh, scrolling below me here in this ticker. Um, we are uh, streaming live to our Facebook channel, uh, Facebook page, YouTube channel, and now our Twitch account. I see we get a couple of, of viewers over there every now and then on Twitch. So hello, Twitch. Um, and we do this every Wednesday, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central. Um, if you think that the information we're providing here is valuable, please like, share, comment. You know how the social media algorithms work. You engage with this and we get to reach more people. That means we get to answer more questions, be more of a resource. And that is, after all, what we're trying to do here. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring on my partner, Mike Hanna, to help me answer some questions. Hello, Mike. Good morning, Miles. How in the heck are you doing? I'm doing great. Just great? Just great. Wow. We could do a little better than that. Let's take it up a notch, huh? I, I, we're working on it. Maybe we'll, we'll get there by the end of this show. All right. Um, I'm, about, I'm about that far away from wonderful. <laughs> right here. That's my goal for the show is to get you over that hump and into wonderful land. It's and for the audio listeners, um, that was a very visual, visual joke. I apologize. I'm not used to this being, coming, uh, being on audio only, but we are putting this out as a podcast. Um, so... Very, very soon here, you'll be able to find the entirety of this show, not just this show, but all of the archive shows back, I don't know, 50, 60 shows that we're, we're putting together for the last year, um, wherever you yes. listen to podcasts. In including the jokes. We didn't edit the jokes out, so you'll uh, you'll even get that, that bonus <laughs> All content. the terrible jokes. <laughs> and yes, good morning, Jeff. You are right. It is It is our day to pick. Uh, the Masters champion again. Uh, I'm going to have to wait to the end of the show, though, to make my pick because I'm still deliberating. But I do have my uh, quote-unquote green jacket on, as you could may or may or may not be able to see. Uh, so I'm definitely definitely in spirit, and I'm I'm percolating and thinking about what my pick is going to be uh, right now. But good morning, good morning to Jeff, all the other uh, listeners and viewers out there. Yep, I've got a couple of viewers on each of the platforms here all checking in. So um, if you want us to talk about anything, again, any questions about business, technology, marketing, et cetera, 
uh, please throw those questions in the comments, follow Jeff's lead and comment about um, maybe something other than golf, or maybe we'll just talk about <laughs> golf today. I don't know. I'll, I'll just check out and let Mike have that one. I mean, that'd be a, a very interesting, different kind of show. I don't know. You swing a stick at a ball and that's about as, as deep as my golf knowledge goes. Yeah. You, we don't need miles talking about golf. No, we don't. No, I went to a driving <laughs> range once. I think I missed the ball more than I hit it. And I don't know where it ever went. It definitely didn't go far. So, uh, Jeff is complimenting your ja jacket in the comments, though. Well, thank you, Jeff. Cheers. <laughs> All right. So comment your questions. Send your questions over to askwildmanatwildlandweb.com. And we'll either hit them um, you know, via email, respond to you there, or we'll hit them next week in the show as we're doing this every Wednesday. Um, at 11 live streaming to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and hopefully more social channels moving forward. But I think we're just going to get started here with a little bit of a news update. Mike, how are we doing on the news table? Yeah, we could do, get into some news right here for the people. Um, got a couple juicy things here to talk about. Let's start with let's start with the big picture. You know, I always like to go from 30,000 feet and then jump out of the plane from there. The U.S. advertising revenue forecast has gotten some good news, Miles. So that should, uh, you know, don't go out and buy a Bentley or anything today. But uh, the forecast has improved of, in terms of the outlook of uh, what people are going to be spending uh, their ad dollars on and how much they're going to be spending. And so that uh, has increased 6.4% to uh, 240 billion is the forecast for all advertising in 2021. So yes, we're talking about a quarter of a trillion dollar uh, market here. And uh, the the interesting news takeaway from from this report is that for the first time ever, two thirds of that total advertised spending will be on digital platforms, will be in the form of digital advertising. Uh, most of that, of course, coming at the the behest of Facebook and Google, the two biggest players in that space. Uh, Amazon also making some waves in that space. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but those two, or excuse me, those three entities combine uh, for 72% of the overall digital ad market. Uh, and then, uh, you know, traditional media and uh, independent news agencies and, and, and platforms like that have basically remained flat uh, in this forecast report going into uh, Q2, which is where we are now, uh, hard to believe we're already in Q2 of 21, uh, but that is especially uh, forecasted to be a great quarter compared to last year. If you all remember Q2, <laughs> last year was a little bit of a bumpy road uh, for most businesses out there. Blocks that from my memory. <laughs> they certainly pulled back their spending. So uh, forecasted a 15% year-over-year increase in advertising spending in Q2 alone. But I mentioned uh, Amazon there and Amazon making their own headlines because for the first time ever, their digital ad market has hit 10% of the overall market that we were just talking about, a quarter of a trillion dollar market. Uh, so 10% of that has been captured now by Amazon and becoming the third uh, sort of major player, uh, so to speak, in this market share war for digital uh, ads. And 53% uh, gross, uh, the e-commerce giant has, uh, has added on to their ad business. And so this, what we're talking about, of course, here are people deciding that they want to advertise on Amazon's platform itself. Now, we've talked about uh, in a couple of news updates over the course of the 
past maybe six weeks or so, we've talked about some big um, traditional retail giants sort of, you know, forming this own this business model for themselves. Uh, Macy's being one of them where they were going to sell advertising on their clothes platform. Uh, so people that are at different companies were looking to align with the brands that they sold on their platforms or, the, or those brands themselves. Uh, and this is a model that has been made extremely powerful and extremely profitable by Amazon. And so I think this is something that we're going to see continue uh, because of Amazon's success here. And so this is, uh, you know, certainly something that is has been a byproduct of the pandemic. You know, Amazon, of course, has exploded as people have been buying more and more stuff online. Uh, but it's really just a great, I think, uh, example of going where the attention is. You know, that's what that's what these ad buyers are really doing is you know, why fight uphill when you can you can roll downhill, right? You can go with the stream as, as opposed to against the current because finding attention is, of course, you know, the hardest thing, the most expensive thing to do when we're talking about executing a marketing plan. So what people have realized is that if I advertise on Amazon where the attention already is, I'm going to have a much easier time uh, to move people down through the buying funnel. So that's why it has grown so much. Uh, because that's where all the consumers are. That's where the attention is going. So it's, it's just making sense that dollars are following the attention. Uh, but a really, really interesting bit there uh, from Amazon. And then, Miles, the other thing going down, down into a more granular story that I thought was interesting and something that we've talked about before on the show is social listening making some headlines with the company uh, Vita Coco. You familiar with the coconut water market, Miles? No, I'm not. You're not? Well, I'll tell I'm you. Not if coconut I'm water. not drinking any today. It's a actually. huge market. It, it's a billion-dollar market, sir. Oh I consider goodness. that pretty big. I'm actually drinking regular water today, but sometimes on the show you'll probably notice I have like some funny-looking water here. It's not gin. It's actually coconut water. I drink it every single day. And I've been on the coconut water trend for a long time. And so I'm a little bit kicking myself that, you know, I'm doing this now. I'm on this show with you and I'm not a coconut water giant, you know, sitting on a beach somewhere. Because uh, I definitely could have gotten in on that while the getting was good. I missed the boat. Well, we'll getting, start on that later. Wild Man brand <laughs> yes. coconut water. So let me tell you, yeah, about Vita Coca, who is the largest player in this billion dollar space in the U.S. market. And uh, they have teamed up with TikTok. Uh, our, our good friends over there at TikTok to do social listening. So social listening, you know, something that we've talked about before on the show, and it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's using tools, using technology, and we offer one here for, for our clients at Wildman Web Solutions, but there's a lot of different, you know, ways to go about this. But it's basically uh, finding out what people are saying about certain keywords or certain categories that your product or your services are interested in, your business is interested in across the Internet. So if somebody, you know, if, if we have a restaurant client and they want to know who's asking for uh, French fry recommendations or pizza recommendations or burger recommendations in Lawrence, Kansas, you know, we can have them uh, set them up with a tool that'll do exactly that. And so they can go on Twitter, they can go on different platforms and they can find out who's out there asking, you know, what's the best burger in town? And they can jump in and join that conversation. And so what, uh, what, Vita Coco has done is something I think is really, really smart. Is, and I'm just going to read a quote here from uh, their senior manager of growth, uh, Brittany Hashbarger. She says, we'd leverage TikTok as sort of a research platform, but also as a media platform to discover new events and trends that speed to create connections with our consumer. 
And so this is something that I think, you know, even the smallest of companies need to take a look at. And that is how can I use these platforms as more than just a social marketing platform and even more than just an ads platform, what we were just talking about a minute ago, but also as a market research platform and as a way to research where the market is, where, and TikTok is so brilliant because that is a what we would call a trending platform. It's where emerging trends are happening. It's where, uh, you know, quote unquote, creator culture is happening that then stems out to other platforms. And so it's a really great way to kind of stay ahead of the trend, so to speak. You know, if, if we're going to the platform where those trends are being created and originated. So really, really smart play there. And I think, you know, that's just an example of, like I said, something that any business out there can do in their own way and then leverage that to figure out how should I be creating my marketing pieces? How should I be talking to my audience? What is, what is, what am I going to say that's going to identify with where my audience is at? Again, going back to the Amazon thing, you know, meeting our audience where they're at, not trying to get somebody to come over where I'm at, right? That's way more difficult to do. That's going to take a lot more resources, a lot more time, a lot more money, a lot more talent. So, you know, being, being blunt, uh, than to go where they already are and talk to the dog in the language of the dog. And, and so that's a great hack, if you will, even though I hate that term, let's call it strategy, um, you know, that everybody can implore uh, and take a note from Vita Coco. And one last thing here, Miles, and then I, I'll turn it over to you and, and I'm going to set you up here to, to give, me, give me some thoughts back on all this. But uh, I want to bring this home to one local story that popped up um, from our friends over at the Lawrence Journal World. I believe this was yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Man, time is full. Time is flying. <laughs> uh, and that is the latest sales tax numbers. Have you seen this, Miles? I saw that story come out. I haven't gotten a chance to really dive into it yet. Okay. Well, everybody, you know, go to ljwealth.com. You can see it for yourself. I'm not gonna not gonna be too laborious with the uh, the details here. But big picture is uh, Lawrence compared to the rest of the area has suffered. Uh, tremendously, I guess, is, is an appropriate uh, adjective in terms of sales tax number to start off the year. Meanwhile, we are the second highest community in terms of use special usage tax. The special usage tax is a tax that goes on uh, uh, products that are bought online from outside the state. Okay, so that is money that is leaving the local uh, sales tax coffers, so to speak, but they are getting a special usage tax instead. However, that product obviously wasn't bought from a local merchant. So they're you know, still getting some tax revenue, but it's, it's obviously a deficit to the local economy compared to something that is bought here. So I want to unpack this just a little bit because this has, has something to do with at least what we're talking about here. Uh, and that is, you know, that the people are they're buying things online, right? And so as local businesses, what we need to do is we need to go to where the people are or at least make that case stronger that we can deliver things. You know, we have curbside pickup. We have, um, you know, two-day delivery, you know, and all those kind of things here locally that we can execute that same as the brand that you're buying from, you know, wherever in New Jersey or California or wherever it's coming from, right? 
And, and, and so part of this, you know, let's, let's not freak out here because part of this, of course, people are going to say, well, the reason sales tax numbers are down is because the students didn't come back uh, on time. You know, things have been closed because of COVID and now they're going to open back up more. That's true. But we also have to realize that the students are only here for another six weeks or so. And then, you know, then they're gone for the summer. And so, yes, I think Q2 is going to look better in terms of our sales tax numbers uh, because we've had the students back, you know, in the end of Q1 will look better. But because for people, most people understand this, but I'm just going to say this, you know, the sales tax numbers that we get today are reflecting of two, three months ago. You know, they're not in real time. So you have to keep that in mind. So when we get our numbers for two, three months from now, I do think they're going to be better. But that trend of the special use tax uh, soaring in our community is not a new trend. And it didn't start with COVID either. It accelerated through COVID, but you can go back uh, to you know, you know our, our personal page, Facebook pages and our business Facebook pages. We've been talking about this since 2018, 2019, uh, because it's been an emerging trend uh, for several years now. And why is it an emerging trend? Because this is a consumer habit that is happening worldwide but it's especially accelerating Lawrence. And I think part of it is because we have such a younger population, right? We have a younger population, so they're more screen time. They're more adept to technology use. They're, so therefore, they're going to be buying things online more. It just makes more sense. And so as a, uh, as a small business owner, you know, my main strategic objective would be not necessarily to compete with Amazon, because that's probably a losing battle, but to frame my business as being able to do the same thing, essentially. And I know you're saying, well, what's the difference? You know, it, and, and the difference is, is, the, is the way that you frame it and, and that you have to let them know that you have the same amount of choices, you have the same, you know, um, return policy, you know, or you're going to be customer friendly when it comes to that. You're going to be able to deliver on time. You're going to be able to uh, have in-store and curbside pickup and all the things that people are now demanding from a consumer standpoint. It's how can I now reflect that as the core values of, of my business here locally and, and then tell that message, right? Because, you know, as we just talked about, Amazon has 10% of the entire advertising platform. Uh, excuse me, the entire advertising spending that is happening across all platforms. So more people are spending more money on, on their platform to advertise than almost any other platform out there except for two. So how much noise do you need to make in order to be top of mind with consumers, right? A lot more than you think, right? Probably a lot more than you're currently doing because I have to then become top of mind. I have to, because remember, convenience is king, right? Quickness is always going to win. So I have to install that convenience. I have to install that quickness into my business system. But then I have to make so much gosh darn noise that I have to get people to think about my business in the same knee-jerk reaction when they go to make a purchase as these big, big retailers that have been doing e-commerce for 20 years and now own you know, the entire segment of, of the marketplace. Uh, Miles, I got to check my wine text because they just sent this fire wine of the week of the week deal to Chardonnay. And we'll be back in two seconds. I want you to gather your thoughts and give me what you think about that news update. No. <laughs> you and your wine of the week texts. 
does love that. And that does tie into our previous conversation about text message marketing. If you haven't checked that out, uh, we talked about that last week, week before, something like that. But we have all of these shows archived on our website at wildmanweb.com. You just go to the live stream archives and we've got full transcripts of everything along with timestamps. So you don't have to listen to our voices to figure all that stuff out. Um, going back onto what Mike had just talked about. Which and I'm back. A lot. That's how easy it was to buy from him. See? Well, I just got to the point where I was responding <laughs> to you. So, um, Go ahead, Miles. <laughs> Well, you brought up a lot there. I'm not entirely sure how to structure my comments. So I'll just, I'll go back to front here and begin with that last point. Um, we, we've said many times on this program, um, you don't necessarily want to, not that you could, but you don't want to compete with these giant national, international brands. You don't want to compete with Amazon, but you can use certain strategies to I don't know, leverage the same technologies, leverage the same tools, the same strategies and stand out in one place where a small local business can stand out and can actually overpower those giants is locally. Um, you, know, you said convenience always wins. And that's, that's, that's pretty much true. People really are looking for that convenience factor. They want things to be quick, quick and easy. Um, and if they can order something online and two clicks on their smartphone, then that's clearly going to win over driving across town and, and, and getting something in person. Um, but there's another factor here. And I think that it's, it's, it's often lost, and that is that a lot of people really do prioritize working locally. The number of people that I talk to saying that they are really making an effort to spend money locally, especially over this last year with small businesses really struggling. We've had people coming together and um, you know really making concerted efforts to work with their local businesses and to find local alternatives for some of their other services that they had you know previously been um, you know working with large international online companies, you know, maybe they had just been using Amazon or um, other other similar services online. So that is one place where you can really you can really thrive over those giants mm -hmm. is just pushing locally. If you put your content out there, you start building your brand, you listen to the tips that we're throwing out there on this show every week, um, you can still remain top of mind and you can take over a significant market share of your local economy where you know the big tech giants and amazon just really don't have as much weight no matter how much money they throw at the problem they will never be a local lawrence favorite like you can right yes miles and this is a good point i want to flesh it out a little bit though because i hear what you're saying i guess my only uh i don't know if pushback is the right word but you know the only thing i the only point i want to make sure that I drive home about this is that, yes, it's about being local, but it's about more than that. You have to go above and beyond and you have to leverage your, your, your local ability to turn into an asset for the customer. And I'll tell you a quick example, just using the wine text right there, because we've used this example several times, right? So I obviously, I purchased wine from, from winetext.com because it's convenient. It's great deals, you know, saves me money. And I don't have to think about it. They send me one text a day, I either buy it or I don't. You know, this one I was excited for because they've been pr priming the pump for a couple of days. Great deal on a Chardonnay. That's my favorite type of a wine, right? So I'm excited about it. However, I still purchase wine locally. But, I, but rarely do I just walk into a liquor store and purchase wine because it's on the street. 
And, and, and that, and before I'm going to talk about the old world right now. Okay. So, so before e-commerce and before the internet, that generally was how people bought wine and liquor. Right. And so if I was a liquor store owner, I needed to be in a high traffic area. I needed to be near a grocery store, especially if you're in Kansas, because you can't sell them in the grocery store. And, you know, and it needed to be someplace where people were driving by all the time because it's something that they pick up, you know, usually after work or something like that. Right. And there wasn't a big differentiating factor in one liquor store from the other. Right. It was just a game of proximity. And people usually went to the store that was closest to them. Okay. Again, speed wins. Right. Okay. Now e-commerce comes along. And it's thrown a wrinkle into this whole retail aspect of, of proximity because now my phone is the fastest thing. And I just, I just ordered, uh, you know, Chardonnay and the time I couldn't put my shoes on in a shorter amount of time than, than I, I just got that. Right. But why do I still buy locally? Okay. Because there's one wine store in town and they're the freaking best and they're the best at what they do not only in terms of what they put on their shelf, but how they handle their customers and how they sell to their customers. These guys are just freaking geniuses, okay? Again, not just about wine. This is a conversation that we've had many times on the show, is that there's a lot of people who are good about what they do, like they're a good doctor, they're a good plumber, they're a good, you know, whatever, but they're really bad at selling their services and marketing their services and their products, right? These guys are the opposite. And that's the reason I go to them is because I know that anything that they put on their shelf, they've tasted and it's passed their certain test. They also know me and they know what I like. So they can make recommendations to me that, you know, a, a platform through my phone can't or can't as well. Right. I mean, they can. Right. But they can't tell me stories about how the wine was made and, and the year it was made. And man, they, they did this certain thing with the barrels, you know, and like, and really like talk to me in a way that they know that I want to be talked to because that is, that is a personalized handcrafted type of an old school sales mentality that still works today and still is, is the best way to possibly do business with people. Even, yes. even more the convenience thing. So, so it's not just about being local. My point, it's about using that, that local ability to then deliver something that nobody else in the space is, is delivering. And that's really what makes people successful, just being local. Otherwise, I don't think people care. I mean, they care a little bit about in Lawrence, you know, because we are very um, territorial, if you will. But I don't think that plays as much in other markets, just being, hey, well, let's just support the local team uh, in 2021 as it has in the past. So continue on. But. Yes, and my point really should be taken as an and rather than an or. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you can just say, hey, I'm, I'm local, please support local. And then that's going to win your business if you suck at what you do, or if you are in, incredibly inconvenient to get to, then you know Amazon's still gonna win out and those big players are still gonna win out. So mm -hmm. that's very much a, a point of and, really more just extending a hand and providing some hope in the face of these these giant companies that have moved in and really eaten up a lot of the market share over the last year or so. Um, 
is that there is still hope and this is one foothold that you can grab onto and really launch yourself to that next level of business is right. leveraging that local support and making yourself that local specialist that you you know everyone you know the market um you know your customers and you are providing something to them that is convenient that is high quality that's at a good price and that has that that human element you said when you walked into that liquor store that you know they knew you there's a personal touch there that just cannot be delivered through a texting platform right um you know when they walk in and you see the smiling face of that person that you almost consider a friend at this point because you've been buying wine for them for five years and they know what you like um that's something that is very difficult if not impossible to replicate um on a on a national level as soon as you scale to that that level of business then you know you can't have that kind of personal touch so that's where a small local business really does have the uh, the upper hand there, but yes, they still have to, you know, have a good online presence. You have to have a website tying back to our, uh, our cautionary tale from last week. Um, you have to, you know, keep things convenient. If your industry is something that is, um, you know, can leverage something like e-commerce or allow people to buy things online, then that can still be a huge win. Um, Miles, let me, let me stop you right there and jump in because yeah. it, it this is so important and we can't really overemphasize this point enough. And I really want to make sure that we, that we make this point on, on messaging as well, because what if I'd never walking into that liquor store before? And I thought that they were like all the other liquor stores. Right. And so, and so it's a, it's really the important thing to take away. I think from this conversation is how am I going to get the point of the, let's call it the custom customization you know, that my local company provides, how am I going to get a, that point across to the consumer? And so they walk in there in the first place because yeah. it's, because it's not, Hey, we're the hometown team. It's not, we're locally owned. It's not, we're a family run business since 1947. Right. And that's what everybody thinks when we have this conversation, they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. I tell people I'm a locally family owned business. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Okay. But if you like what, what, what local, I mean, what local business, unless you're owned by a corporation and even those, a lot of them are franchised, like they're all locally owned family businesses, like 95% of them. Okay. Like that does not make you stand out. Okay. But if you tell me I'm the, I'm the liquor store that listens to you, only puts a bottle in your hand that you're going to trust and I'll pair whatever you're eating dinner tonight with the perfect glass. See, now I'm getting, see, now I'm telling the story of how I'm going to customize that experience to you in a way that nobody else can do. That is because a winning I'm lo Right. But if I just say I'm your local hometown team, You sound like every other liquor store out there, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and, and so that's, that's the key here is how can I get that message across, you know, because so many people offer this, but, but nobody knows or nobody cares. Nobody thinks about it enough. And so what do they do is they default to the knee-jerk reaction. I'm just going to order something online from the first place I think of. 
anyways, go ahead, Miles. Yep. But and that's why I, I think that we do have to differentiate in here because we're having a couple of different conversations all wrapped into one, which totally makes sense from from our point of view, talking as marketers. But you know, maybe we need to deconstruct this because there is the point of um, you know maintaining current customers, keeping you coming back instead of just using. Your, your wine text thing, you are going to continue coming back to this business. And that's because of the experience that you've had in there. And then there's the other side of bringing in new business, um, attracting people in for the first time who haven't experienced your, your in-house experience and what you can provide to them. So you have to have that winning message and, and have an effective way of getting that out to new potential customers. Then there's also the original conversation we were having of competing with these giant international businesses and trying to make yourself competitive, at least in your own local back in your own backyard, in your own local space. Um, and then the other conversation of standing out even amongst your peers in your community. And like you said, everyone is locally owned. Everyone's been here since 1946 or whatever that is. It's not an incredibly compelling message, even though, you know, it's nice and you can have that in your about section on your website. That's, 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 what that's wonderful but you have to have a much more compelling message you have to say you know i'm going to personalize your service here is how i'm going to serve you better than anyone um so all of this is an and rather than an or i know it can sound very um overwhelming i know we, we made a post on our um I'm not entirely sure where we put it. I think on our Facebook page a little while ago about voice. And then our friend uh, Crystal McCourt from the Crystal Image commented, oh no, another thing that I have to do. Just another thing to add <laughs> to my list, show up in voice search. But a lot of these things come together. They overlap. It's all yeah. pushing in the same direction. So, you know, don't be overwhelmed here, but these are all many points, many, um, many prongs that should exist in your overall marketing strategy. You should have a plan to make yourself stand out locally amongst your peers. You should have a plan to differentiate yourself and allow yourself to compete on the convenience level uh, with some large corporations, you know, the, the, the Amazons of the world. You should have uh, a strategy to keep the customers that you have and continue to make them happy and serve them well. And then you also need a strategy to effectively convey your value offering and your message to potential new customers to get them in and trying you out for the first time. Yep. hundred percent miles. So I also wanted to come back to, um, one of the points that you were bringing up here in your second story, I believe, and that is social listening. Mm -hmm. So this can be a, an incredibly effective tool for a couple of things that we were just talking about, but basically, you know, people are putting out more and more information um, about themselves more than ever before. I was actually listening to uh, uh, Gary Vee the other day, um, and he was saying, you know, everyone's talking about privacy and they're creeped out about privacy and they don't want their information out there. Yet we prove with our actions every day that that's not the case, that we do not yep. care because we're just putting out more and more and more information about ourselves into the public space through social media and other technologies. Um, and while, you know, that does present a concern with with privacy and, you know, maybe that's a whole other conversation as a business, it prevents an, or it presents an opportunity to know more about your audience before you ever even engage with them and to engage with them in a more meaningful and personalized way. There's a ton of ways out there to listen or to, to learn to, um, 
or to learn about your audience and to get more information about them. But honestly, it can get pretty overwhelming. There's just trillions and trillions of data points out there, and there's no way that you can process them all and create any sort of effective marketing strategy around that. So one of the things that you can do is set up social listening. Um, this is where you have a particular keyword or keyword set that you're looking for. You gave the example of you know, someone looking for a, a burger and you can put in a geofence so it's within uh, 10 miles of your restaurant or something. As soon as they put that out there, it gives you a notification saying, hey, this person is looking for your product or service, um, or this person is engaging with something that is relevant to your industry. Maybe you want to jump in and, and be part of that conversation, establish yourself there. Um, and, and so that can be, if leveraged properly, an incredibly valuable and incredibly effective way to insert yourself into more organic conversations. It's not paying to reach more people. It's just, it's just listening. It's listening to what's already happening on these incredibly noisy platforms and focusing it down to something very, very specific. Um, now, your story, which I actually linked that article in the comments, if anyone wants to check out the Vita Coco on TikTok story um, that we were referencing before, I'm really curious to see where TikTok goes with it because most of social listening up to this point has been on Twitter. That's mm -hmm. been the focus of it. And that's really just more of a, a quirk of technology rather than a, an intentional thing. Twitter is very shorthand thing. So people have to get their point out very quickly, which means that we don't have as much to search through. It's all text-based content. So we don't have to look at images or watch videos or anything. So that's much more searchable. And then you've got hashtags, which is really just people condensing their point down to a very specific category and tagging their own content. So it makes the entire platform immensely searchable where we can search a very large um, data set very quickly by organizing it into certain tags and just looking at these very specific um, keywords or phrases, you know, we can find that information incredibly quickly. So I'm really curious to see how this, this concept of social listening moves outside of its, um, its original state, really grows past its infancy on Twitter and moves into other platforms. You know, we were talking about search really um, revolutionizing how, uh, or voice revolutionizing how search works and how all these different social platforms are working. We've got the advent of new voice only social platforms like Clubhouse. Um, maybe this is one thing where uh, where voice is going to come in and disrupt where, you know, social listening intersects with actual listening, audio listening. Um, and, and people are actually going through this or, you know, maybe it's able to uh, listen to a video, hear people talking, and then turn that into text that is then searchable and then can be applied to more social listening type of strategies. That overall, all of these technologies, I think, are, are converging into something that businesses are going to be able to use um, incredibly effectively to sift through all of the noise of the internet and get into conversations, inject themselves into the organ organic conversations that are already happening surrounding their business and surrounding their industry. So, I mean, that's that's less of a news story and more of a, you know, just an interesting point to see where things are going. But that's uh, that's half of our job over here is just staying on top of everything and uh, seeing how things are going to grow and and uh, change. Yeah, great points, Miles. I think social listening is extremely important. And, and as I said before, when I was talking about the news article, it's it's really underutilized. And I think something that, you know, us as marketers and and 
small business owners and, and, and large business owners, you know, need to be taking uh, more into account and utilizing more often. You know, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? And, uh, and market voice uh, almost always turns into market share. And so it's really important that we're listening uh, to the market and, and what the market's saying, because that's going to be the, the surest indicator of where it's going. And so it's really, really important that we do that. And, uh, you know, John, uh, John Kiefer had a, had a quote, see, I want to butcher it. It was, uh, it's not about being right. It's about being correct. You know, and we talk about this idea a lot where, you know, as entrepreneurs, as business people, you know, we'll get an idea and we'll go headlong with it. And sometimes we make the mistake of stop, stop listening. Uh, and then we turn into small business person syndrome where we're on the inside of the bottle and we're trying to read the label and we can't because we're stuck inside the bottle and we, we don't know what the outside says. And so it's really, really important that we keep our ears, we keep our eyes uh, on the outside, so to speak, on the market and listen to the feedback that we're getting. Uh, because, you know, sometimes it's, we have a great idea, but it needs a tweak here. It needs a tweak there. It needs to be framed in a different way. And we're getting that feedback, but we're not listening to it from the marketplace. And that's how uh, a lot of businesses fail, to be quite honest, is, is that one mistake right there of just not listening to the audience effectively enough or, or not listening to their the marketplace effectively enough. And then, and then being able to read that information and, and zig or zag accordingly. Uh, and it's, it's so important miles. And I, I think it's, it's, it's jo almost just as important as, you know, what am I going to say? Because if I'm not listening first, usually what I'm going to say is, is may not be the right, you know, the right thing to say. Uh, and so it, we, we just can't, uh, you know, I think overstate enough what a, uh, a big piece of strategy that needs to be. And then just talking about data in general, you know, you just got me thinking about uh, this client we've been working with recently uh, that, you know, is wanting to move into Johnson County. And, uh, and so what we did was we did a data analysis of their entire business category in Johnson County. And we figured out, you know, exactly what, uh, what, who was, who was buying what and where they were and the quantities they were buying and how that was relevant to the rest of the County and the rest of the United States. And then, where was the competition and how good was that competition? What, what were those competitors doing that was good or bad? Where were weak points? And then we basically analyzed all of that together to figure out where they should put their new location. And that type of market research isn't that, you know, uncommon when people are opening up a new location, but it is uncommon when people are just running a new advertising campaign. And it shouldn't be, you know, that much thought should go into almost, I don't want to say everything that we do, you know, but, but the big things that we do, you know, rolling out a new product or a service, rolling out a new ad campaign, you know, certainly rolling out a new location is that, you know, we really need to take all these data points and have a systematized way that we're going to, uh, you know, create an analysis from them that's then going to be able to be something that we can execute from because, you know, it's one thing to be listening uh, but it's a whole other thing to then be able to execute on that information that you receive. And like we talked about, you know, it's just really underutilized uh, strategy and the people that are successful, they're the ones who are doing it regularly. We are living in the age of data. There is so much out there, just oceans of data surrounding all of our businesses and our customers. 
some of those things are a little bit more difficult. You know, we were talking about that market research we were we were doing. Some of that was, um, you know, getting pretty in depth into exactly how everyone is spending money in a particular industry in a particular geographic area, and then cross referencing that across different cities and counties, and trying to figure out how we should um, execute on this plan here. But some of that stuff, you know, it's it's really easy. Um, it's just sitting there waiting for you. And we talk about, um, let's see, reviews. We talk about reviews mm -hmm. all the time on this show. That's literally your customers and people who have engaged with your business offering up feedback on a silver platter. Engagement, that's the currency of the world now. And they're just handing it over to you. And so many businesses out there are just leaving it. They're just leaving it on the windowsill and letting it rot. And all you have to do is one, look at your reviews to respond to those and, and give them that engagement that they're asking for. Um, you know, we talked about social listening. We have a social listening product in our social media management tool. Um, that is probably the most underutilized portion of that tool. I think a lot of people use it for, you know, scheduling social posts or just getting some analytics from different platforms and seeing how their, their Facebook channel or their Facebook page is, is, performing compared to their Twitter profile or something like that. And then right there below that is social listening. And I don't think people really use it, at least not as much as, as they really should. So these things are either they're already available to you, just sitting there waiting to be leveraged, or, you know, maybe they're just two steps away. You haven't noticed, you haven't really been using it because this information is just, is just everywhere. The trick is finding it and, well, I guess listening, that's the, uh, the phrase of the day, I think. Just listen. Yeah, 100% miles. Okay, so um, as we're coming up on, I guess, 50 minutes here on our live stream, just want to remind everyone this is, um, you know, information for you. So if you have any questions live, you can throw this in the comments, um, or we do review your emails every week, and that informs what we're going to talk about next week so please send us your questions or your input if you have any experience working on any of this you can make this more of a two-way conversation um, and send all of that to ask wildman at wildmanweb.com i do have that scrolling below me here uh, we've got tons of other resources out there um, you know follow us at wildmanweb on basically all social channels. You can pick one. We're probably on it um, and, and putting stuff out there for you. Also on our website, wildmanweb.com, you can check out our blog. Um, that's just articles coming out probably a couple of times a week, which is great resources like this. Uh, we've got our live stream archives there. It's all of these live streams, the full video up there along with transcripts and timestamps. So you can just pull out little bits of info. Um, we've got our podcast up there coming soon. We've got our free toolkit, which includes tools like the social media marketing tool we were just talking about with social listening, uh, review management tools, all up there for free. Just sign up and it, it'll get you all going on it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just here to help you out with that. So please engage with us here. Throw your comments below or email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. And uh, we'll go over all that stuff next Wednesday at 11. All right, Mike, did you have anything else on, on your side of the fence that you wanted to go over today? Any other questions that have come in? Because I've got, I've got one for you that's kind of come up this morning, and I want to see, uh, see what you think. Yeah, well, yeah, as long as we can get it done in the next 10 minutes, uh, fire it away, Miles. Go ahead. 
All right, so I was sitting in One Million Cups. Lawrence, if you guys don't check out One Million Cups, please do so. Um, I, I tuned yeah. in for a little bit this morning, and and then I went to the Manhattan one, Miles. Now, that's the cool part. Of, uh, I do <laughs> hope that we get back to in-person meetings with, uh, with One Million Cups, because I do miss seeing everyone. It's a really awesome group. We usually gather at the Lawrence Public Library every Wednesday at 9 a.m., but right now, it's all virtual. It's on Zoom and anyone can join. And all of the One Million Cups all over the country are doing the same thing. So you can hop around not only to One Million Cups in Lawrence, but around the state, around the uh, around the country. They're, they're all over the place. And it just has um, one or two usually uh, business owners giving a quick presentation, talking about their business. It's not a pitch. It's meant to um, you know, talk about the challenges of their business and get some feedback. And this morning we were listening to um, a, a guy in the financial field and he was talking about a very unique way for startups to get their business funded, leveraging um, like 401ks and other retirement plans and like investing their in retirement plan into their own company, basically. It was a really, really neat workaround, especially as someone who started a company. And I took the just be broke for a long time route, but there's some other smarter ways to do it. Um, anyway, one of his big, I don't know, stumbling blocks or hurdles that he had to get over was just, it's a very technical way to do something. And, you know, unless you are a CPA, it's, it sounds like he's speaking a different language. And it just made me think of all these different businesses out there whose, whose main hurdle is just education. You know, you're not a coffee shop. Everyone knows what coffee is. You just have to tell them why your coffee is good. If someone doesn't even know what your product is and you have to start off with that education step, what do you think would be your your biggest tip for a business like that and starting with just a basic foundation of education and getting people to come in the door well that's a great question miles <laughs> i'll i'll try to do this in eight minutes and we got to get our master's picks in here so i can't forget that um well first of all there's a grid book by uh damon john from shark tank fame called the power broke so everybody should check that out. Um, but I think I'm going to answer this question by recommending another, another couple books. Uh, and I mean, this question, it really makes me think about uh, Jay Abraham. Who I know we talked about a couple, at least a couple times on the show before, uh, but one of the most famous marketers of all time. And I forget which book it is. He's got, he's got two of them that are really good. I forget which one that he goes into uh, in depth on this. But, you know, it's, it's really about re reverse engineering exactly what the customer wants. And I know I've used this example many times on the show, but, you know, when, when somebody walks into a hardware store and they buy a hammer and a nails and a picture frame, right, they're not really buying a hammer and nails and a picture frame, right? They don't, that's not what they want. They want to hang a picture up on a wall that's going to give them a feeling or a memory or, you know, a, a, if it's a loved one, they're going to feel that love that they had from their grandmother before they, you know, she passed or whatever it is. And that's really what they're buying. And so I, I really think that this uh, applies to highly complicated or technical, you know, like, like, you know, miles, obviously some of the things that we sell and you do is, is highly, highly technical stuff. Right. And so, like, what do I always say is just like, just completely, you know, you know, dumbing down is, 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 is the wrong word here, but completely, you know, stripping away all of the complexity 
of how we explain how something is or something does in terms of our products and services and just only focusing on how we deliver that end result that is really what they're after and what they're craving. And so, you know, I'm not going to talk about uh, the features necessarily of that hammer and that nail and that picture frame. I'm going to talk about the benefits of seeing the, of, and the feeling that you're going to get of seeing your grandmother, you know, every time you walk into your kitchen and you think about how she taught you how to cook and you think about her favorite recipes and how you grew up and the smells and the tastes and right. And like, that's the reason that we walked into the freaking hardware store. And so it's about, first of all, you got to figure out what is that? Why? And then you have to explain that extremely clearly to somebody of how you're going to help them get that why. And like I said, generally it has everything to do with the benefits and hardly anything to do with the features. But we want to start talking about the features. We want to start talking about how we've got titanium steel head on our hammer and our nails are been here since 1947 in her family owned. <laughs> right. And you know, you yep. get Way what I'm saying. Full circle. We're That's bringing it full circle. Yeah. yeah, you get what I'm saying though. Like we want to talk about all these things that are instinctual to us because we think they're really cool and it has nothing to do with the reason that the person, the end, you know, the end usage of why that person is really buying the products. And so if I have a really complicated uh, or, you know, educational, you know, misconceptions, all of these things that and a lot of brands do, you know, the first thing is I have to be able to talk about the thing that is crystal clear of why the person really wants those products or services in the first place. And then over time, I can get into the more minutia of correcting misconceptions because that is really important to do. But I have to first start with explaining in, in utmost clarity how I'm going to get what they, them what they actually want. That's a great answer. Deconstruct, bring it back to that foundational meaning of what is someone really really looking for. And that's a trap I can fall into all the time. Like you said, we do have a, a couple of minorly technical products over here at this um, digital marketing firm. Um, so right. it, it is definitely a very easy trap to fall into and a very important one to pull yourself out of. And again, look at it from your, your audience's perspective um, and, yeah. and explain it um, and start talking about it from from that position rather it's, than from your own. It's super important. And, and it's, I mean, it's really the reason this is going to sound like a self-serving comment. Maybe it is, but I mean, it's really <laughs> the reason that, that businesses hire agencies. And it's, it's because, you know, th most business owners are uniquely unqualified to talk about their business to their audience, <laughs> because we want to talk about it from our point of view, right? Because we live and breathe it every day, every hour of the day. And so like we get this like this point of view that is almost creates a wall, you know, that is a separate reality from how just a stranger coming off the street, you know, going back to the hardware store analogy is going to view my hardware store. Right. It's going to be a completely 180 degrees from how I view my hardware store as somebody who's lived and breathed it, you know, for all these years. And it's my entire life. And so I'm actually probably going to say the wrong thing to that person just instinctually, because I'm so in a different mindset than they are when I think about that hardware store. So 
just a little something to think about. Okay, we got two minutes awesome. left here. Two minutes. Time for your golf calls. Okay, okay. I've put a lot of thought into this, Jeff. And man, I want to. I want to say DJ is going to repeat. I want to say Bryce DeChambeau. I want to say Jordan Spieth. I do. I mean, he's the best putter out there. And when Spieth is putting, especially on a course like Augusta, it's hard not to uh, to pick him. But as as my son Aiden told me yesterday, Jordan Spieth's soul is still on the twelfth hole in that pond from about four or five years ago. So golf fans will know what I'm talking about. Okay. So without further ado, I am. Yeah. Okay. I like that pick. All right. I like to pick a DJ. I'm picking JT. I know he just won the players. He came in fourth last year. I love JT. Love the fire. I feel like he's getting his mental games figured out. One of the best short games in the biz, which is what you need to do to get around Augusta. So there's my pick is JT. You're going DJ. Sounds like we're both uh, heading at least for a top 10 finish there. I did not know that Justin Timberlake played golf. That's really interesting. <laughs> I learned all sorts of new things on this show. Yeah, we're all about expanding <laughs> horizons here, Miles. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up here. And we've got a hard stop at noon. we got to get back to work. But uh, thanks, Mike. Thanks for all that, uh, all that insight. And we'll see you again next week. All right. Appreciate everybody listening and watching. Take care. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been Ask Wildman, produced by Wildman Web Solutions. And we will be back here live on our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch channel now uh, next Wednesday at 11. In the meantime, please email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com or visit our website at wildmanweb.com to learn more. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.